Good afternoon, good evening, you're on Equal Footing with Dove Tuzman. And this is a little bit of a different format tonight for those of you who've been listening for a while to the show. I appreciate, I appreciate your listenership and your engagement. For those of you that are on for the first time, it'll be a little bit of a, of a, of a different uh, angle than you're probably expecting. I've been going through some of the questions over the last uh, nine, tw- ten months that we've been on the air, and particularly the ones that I was afraid to ask on the air, text questions that would come in during some of our more controversial show topics, and realized particularly after an event that uh, came out of last week's program that there was a pattern, that there was a pattern in the questions that I wasn't willing to read on the air or address either myself or put in front of the guests. The format of the show in general has been to show that we can come at a really difficult topic from totally different perspectives and still speak civilly to each other and learn from each other and even have lightheartedness and a sense of humor. So we've, we've tackled really difficult subjects over this last year. Teen suicide, uh, reconciling spiritual and material, spiritual, you know, life and material pursuit, um, the moral dilemma of prosecutors in the criminal justice system when they know someone's innocent or they think someone might be, but they're per- pursuing a case nonetheless, the alchemy of heartbreak and disappointment. Uh, in ending relationships and betrayal in relationships. We've even top, uh, covered really uh, difficult topics in the religious doctrinal world, like what is monotheism really and what's the concept of monolatry and are we really, you know, believing in one God or believing in only our God, you know, and, and talked about things that are a little bit more lighthearted, like uh, plastic surgery and Instagram filters and, you know, a somewhat uh, jocular assessment of, of life at 50. And through all of these topics, there's been a common uh, kind of strain, and that has been a willingness to address things that we otherwise either wouldn't address openly in our discussion, our day-to-day life, or in the public square, so to speak, or we would somehow uh, be afraid to address in a certain way, because we're really open with it, could generate uh, shame. I mean, and and so uh, this week, the format instead will be to kind of catalog a little bit some of the issues that have come up, some of the more difficult questions that have that have come through, uh, and kind of ask, put those on the air, put myself at risk. I've had a big, a lot of like adrenaline and concern coming into to this show um, because I'm going to force myself to you know, answer some of those um, or address some of those issues that I didn't want to when they came through. Because when we're, we're live every week and when we're live, we take uh, listeners' calls, I'll give the number out to participate in this discussion in a moment, but we also take a lot of text questions and some emails that come through the TalkLine network system. And we get a lot more texts, frankly, than, than calls. 
calls because I think people feel more comfortable with the anonymity and not hearing their own voice in the air. Of course, I love when people call in. And so I get to choose, right? I get to choose which texts to put on the air, you know, comments, questions, critique, occasionally praise, usually not, and, and which not. So I've gone through the ones that I decided not and, uh, and decided to, um, to open up about that and to really call myself to task with the mission of, of the show around being willing to air out uh, difficult, difficult topics. So, uh, let me, let me go back to kind of the specific story that I alluded to, the event that happened after last week's show. And I'll take a break for a second and give you the number if you want to participate in this show, which is going to be a lot about dealing with shame. In fact, the, the title of the show for the social media uh, promo that, that went out uh, was you should be ashamed of yourself. And that, that comes from a couple of comments that I've heard on the air and several by text, almost word for word. I think, uh, Dimitri, whenever you're ready, you'll let me know. I think we have a clip from uh, a particular interaction uh, a couple of months ago that was that uh, was along along those lines. The title is you should be ashamed of yourself, you know, addressing questions we don't want to we don't want to answer. And. So I think if, if you'd like to participate in this call, in this show and, and call in and, or text in about issues that, that bring up shame in your life or you don't, you don't want to look at, you don't want to address and the catharsis of just putting it out there, whether you say your name or not, anonymity is fine. You can also call in and share, uh, stories of shame and opening up. And, uh, I'll quote, uh, Brene Brown, who I know many of you as listeners are fans of, I am, I am as well. And she talks a lot about shame and, and really the, 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 the alchemy that can occur when you embrace and go through the reaction to, to shame. And Brene Brown says, if, if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame cannot survive. If we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, Shame cannot survive. And I agree. So even though we can sometimes be told you should be ashamed of yourself by go, coming out there with difficult, on difficult topics like suicidal ideation, uh, porn and sex addiction, which we've addressed on the show, navigating divorce and deception in, in relationships, um, creating the space for open relationship and alternative relationship formats. That's a show that generated a, a ton of, uh, of <laughs> difficult feedback. Um, even, even addressing our core religious beliefs and tenets, uh, those things can, um, will almost always generate empathy and understanding with someone. Then we're not alone. And uh, it really takes the power away from shame. Okay, so to participate in this discussion, you can call 718-303-9090. That's 718-303-9090. And as always, you can text or WhatsApp me a question at 917 or comment at 917-428-4062. That's 917 917- Four two eight four zero six two. You can also send an email through the uh, Talkline Network uh, site and app. Although it's more likely to get on the air if you send a, a text. Okay, so last week the show was on uh, broken relationships between adults and parents, and so I, I, it was called Open Wounds, and and can these relationships be repaired once we're adults? And I decided to do the show, if for any of you have listened, you can also find it on SoundCloud and Spotify and the other places where distributed. Uh, you can look for the show Open Wounds. But I decided to do that show last week because of 
the incredible uh, pain that I have about the relationship with my mother. We don't, if you listen to the show last week, you know we don't speak, we don't see eye to eye. I implored at the end of the show. I, I, I doubt she was listening, but I hope somebody may, maybe that knew her was listening and uh, uh, maybe her brother, my uncle or others and implored her to kind of, you know, enter into a dialogue with me to try to repair that relationship. And it was a cathartic show. It was really hard. My heart was in my chest a lot because I was kind of, you know, basically a guest. I was on with uh, Marty Feinberg, a good friend, a successful businessman, a you know, Hollywood producer and so forth, and a child, a parent of two adult children. And he and I both opened up. He opening up about his healing process with his son who had disowned him, uh, kind of for not being Jewish enough, amongst other things. Uh, usually goes the other way around, but his son is dis- had disowned his father uh, for not being observant enough, and they had a very broken relationship, didn't talk for years, and they healed that relationship. And I opened up about the unhealed open wound uh, with my mother. Finished the show, and had a huge sigh of relief, and felt... And got a lot of positive feedback from people that, you know, know me really well and said, you know, it's so great you were open with that and you must feel better having gotten it off your chest. And hopefully your mother heard that at the end. Some people even expressed them being emotional. I got emotional at the end of the show about prospectively um, getting to a healing place with their parent or child. And I was feeling, I wouldn't say good about it because when I finish a show that's so personal, some of these are, a often, you know, have a combination of relief and also uh, what a friend of mine, Ellie Nash, calls disclosure hangover. We've <laughs> like said a lot. If it's cathartic, it's probably healthy, but you're also like, oh, shiesty, you know, have I really put that out into the world? And so I had both. And by forty within 48 hours, the my attitude had shifted and it was almost entirely, again, back in a place of fear and shame. And the reason is, and I won't put names to to this story to um, protect the innocent, so to speak, or maybe not the so innocent, but not to make it ad hominem. But I started getting blocked on uh, contacts, you know, where your phone number's blocked or your people drop out of a text chat or a WhatsApp chat from friends of my mother. Now, my mother and I don't have that many common friends. Most of the people we know commonly in life are family. And thank goodness, I don't think that's happened with family. Uh, but uh, there are a few people that are common friends that I know um, through her. She's a writer. Um, she's she's a creative expressionist. She's a poet. And, you know, we navigate in a little bit of common waters. And, and, and you know, I wrote a book. And, and there are a couple of people we have in, in common from different aspects of life. And... It was like, you know, flies dropping, like they were just people that were like basically cutting me out of their life. And I realized that, and I could be paranoid, I acknowledge, just like I acknowledged at the end of last week's show that my narrative of my relationship with my mother, which is one of not being there and not, you know, caring when I really needed it and all these other things, I acknowledge that might not be true. It's obviously just one perspective. And I, and I invited her to kind of come to the table and share the perspective between us, but in this case, you know, again, my narrative was that they were basically cutting me off because I had opened up about this difficult relationship. And one of the things I opened up about on the show was my feeling of the hypocrisy um, that she has around having, you know, this this following online and as as being a, 
um, a spiritual mentor for people and being a, uh, a, a deeply righteous person and writing. She's written a book on, on the uh, life of the Baal Shem Tov, a Jewish, very uh, well-regarded a Jewish tzaddik, a righteous person and philosopher from, I believe, the 18th century, if I have that correctly, correct. And, um, and so she has this following as kind of being this, this very deeply insightful, righteous person. And that I was kind of busting that up by revealing that those she's closest to in her life, like her son, um, see a totally different side of her. And all of a sudden, I got started getting uh, the effect of that, the after effect of that on the show. And, in, and, and so I decided to actually dive into this and this week discuss openly um, – these these things that, that do happen in this context, it's through bringing up difficult issues in the radio and then the blowback. And I'll talk about some other blowback that's occurred over the last year. I've certainly lost some friends and business associates as a result of some of the stuff we talk about openly. I don't censor myself on the air. I almost pretend that I'm not on the air so I can be really um, open and authentic. Uh, but it's it's also to acknowledge that by receiving the blows – that by actually hearing the blowback and not casting it aside, we can um, we can grow and we can have empathy even for the other person. And as this week has gone by, I've gone out of a place of anger at my mother for what I perceive to be um, reacting in the worst possible way to the show that I did last week was really a, an entreaty for rapprochement and for uh, you know mother's love for son and actually closing me out further and cutting me off more. And I went from anger and shame to actually a feeling of empathy and a feeling of, and I can't remember who it was this week, someone said to me, uh, you know, and, and someone alluded to this in last week's show as well, uh, in a text question, if it's not, you, you can't take it personally and you have to see that the faults and the de- deficiencies and the lack of coping mechanisms exist on the other side. And so I began to have empathy for the pain that she must have in feeling the need to do that and the isolation that she must feel and and uh, in separation as well from her son. And as I did that and started to feel empathy, uh, love started to replace anger. And uh, and I think that that's a that's an alchemy that that can happen when we when we open up. So um, let's. Let's if 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 Dimitri, I think we've got a caller. Uh, there are a couple calls on the board, um, so we we may our sound engineer may, sound engineer may be tending to that. But we're going to play a clip in a moment that comes from the show uh, that we did a couple months ago called Finding Fidelity: Navigating Traditional and Open Relationships. And this was probably one of uh, three or four shows that we've done over the last year that have generated the most intense response. And I would say, when I say intense, it's somewhat of a euphemism for difficult or painful or negative response. And it was encapsulated, I think. First of all, the show was about, and it was it really was a good faith attempt to address something that is out there in the public sphere, but that we don't always talk about, especially not with a faith-based audience. And a lot of the audience, those of you listening, would consider yourselves, I know, from the network that we're on and, and feedback that we get and the topics that we cover. A lot of us in this community of listenership and participation in this show would consider ourselves faith-based or faith-oriented in our lives in terms of having a, a, a vibrant spiritual or religious life. And this is particularly difficult 
particularly difficult as a result because the show Finding Fidelity was about kind of navigating out of traditional uh, faith-based marriage institutions into more open and alternative structures in relationships, i.e. open relationships where people would have other partners or relationships where partners would swing or relationships where a partner may be exploring bisexuality uh, with the other um with the same gender outside of the marriage or things that are, that exist in this world, but that many listeners were uncomfortable, uh, really addressing and talking about. So I don't know, Dimitri, if we can play this clip and we'll call her Barbara, uh, that had called in, uh, to, to the, to the show and let her know, let me know what was on her mind. Yeah. I, I do not like this program. Your hashkafists are wrong, though. They're wrong. You should go back to Yeshiva and you should get the right hashkafists. Because whatever you're talking about is Stutzen from the movies. That's all it is. Stutzen from the movies, and you don't belong on this program. I feel very bad. I love the Zeb Brennan programming. I love that Thursday night lineup. But you just ruined my whole night with this. My husband was in the room, and he says, oh, my gosh. Listen to what he's talking about. Is this for real? This is what... even I've been listening to CBS and other stations all day. I don't hear this anywhere. What kind of what are you trying to achieve by such a discussion? That panel that you have are they all Jewish? Well, I as I did when she was done her comment. I I will take this opportunity if you're listening. I'm, I I know your real name for having taken it at the time, but I'm gonna call you Barbara out of uh, out of respect for the anonymity, and I will thank you, like I did then for that for that call in on that show, uh, because it it allowed us to address the issue at hand, which is our fear and anger when we're confronted with something we don't want to see something we don't want to acknowledge, uh, an issue that brings up pain and confusion for us. This is different, and I hope you can tell from the tonality now and if you've listened in the past, this is not shock journalism. I'm not a shock jock. I'm not trying to get a rise out of people. Uh, it, it, if, if it were that, there'd be something different. It was it, That show on finding fidelity, navigating traditional and open relationships, just like this one and, and many that we've done over the last year have been about opening our mind, causing us to sometimes wade into the waters of discomfort, but hopefully for the better. Uh, you know, I was wondering, and we'll go, we're going to have a break in a moment. We'll come, we'll come back and, and get into more specific uh, comments and questions we've gotten over the last year. But, um, it, I was wondering, uh, again, we'll call her Barbara. She waited until minute 40 of, uh, or minute 39 of 60 minutes to make that call. So clearly, uh, she was listening and it was engaging and it may have, uh, been really painful to listen to. And I think that part of her comment, which I acknowledge and we'll get to a little bit after the break is, you know, is this a Jewish program? You know, is this a religious program? And if it is, how can you possibly address these types of issues? And that was, uh, that was part of the point. A, a, we're not, we're definitely on a Jewish program, but a, a program that does try to tie together our belief system and spirit and in our spiritual life and our, and our, and our faith in, in, in God or universal power, uh, I think, uh, can withstand, uh, some, 
difficult and contemporary topics. So we'll be right back on Equal Footing, talking uh, on the show called You Should Be Ashamed of Yourself, addressing questions that we haven't addressed over this last year from, from listeners. We'll be right back. He ain't got laid in a month of Sundays Caught him once and he was sniffing my undies He ain't too sharp but he gets things done Drinks his beer like it's oxygen He's my baby and I'm his honey Never gonna let him go Equal Footing with Dove Tuzman is brought to you in part by DocuVax. You guys have heard me talk about DocuVax. This is a digital medical locker. uses a QR code system. You can use it on your laptop or your iPhone, and it helps you store your basic medical information, your immunization records, your lab results, your x-rays, even MRIs and allergy information. Isn't it a pain in the neck when you switch healthcare providers, you switch insurance companies, and you're expected to often pay to get your medical records and to get them transferred to a new provider. Or you have your kid going to a new school, you're trying to travel somewhere, and you got to prove that you have certain vaccines or immunization records. Well, gone are those frustrating days of losing time or money tracking down your medical records. You know, your medical records do not belong to anybody but you. Most people think in some weird way that they belong to the hospital. They belong to the their doctor, the primary care provider. Even if they don't really believe that, that's how they act because they leave the records there and uh, and often don't even know, you know, when their when their most recent vaccine was for something or when they need to go in for a new preventative screening. Well, gone are those frustrating days. The DocuVax system covers over 60 different basic biomarkers in your medical profile from COVID, flu and tetanus vaccines to colorectal and breast cancer screenings, to your blood type, your allergy information, and serology or or, uh, uh, blood panels. To sign up, go to docuvax.com. That's D-O-C-U-V-A-X.com. Or call 833-859-1933. That's 833-859-1933. For as little as $6.99 per month, DocuVax subscribers can privately access all of their medical records from a secure HIPAA-compliant digital storage facility. And as a DocuVax subscriber, and this is the, really the best part of DocuVax, as a DocuVax subscriber, medical professionals, doctors, are on call for you 24 hours a day to validate your vaccine records, your blood tests, or anything else in your digital medical locker. So put an end to worrying if you or someone else you care about is up to date on a particular vaccine, blood test, or a preventative screening. Take control of your medical file and sign up at DocuVax.com or call 833-859-1933. And if your organization, you're a small, medium-sized business, and you want a bulk discount for sponsoring a bunch of subscribers, a bunch of your employees to get on the system, it's a great uh, health benefit. It's inexpensive. You can, again, Ask for a bulk discount by calling 833-859-1933 and mention that you heard about DocuVax on equal footing and you will get an additional 15% discount. Operators are standing by. I've been caught, but I'm keeping on, keeping on All right, you're back on equal footing. I'm Dove Tuzman. 
I got a, a note from a listener over the uh, break. And by the way, those are real. The, when we do the sponsorship plugs, I do them live. Those aren't recorded. So I don't even have time to breathe. And uh, a listener sent a message saying, slow down, slow down a bit. <laughs> you know, when I get nervous, I talk fast. So, uh, you know, this is a tough show for me. I don't have any get, I don't have, you know, anybody to lean on and, uh, uh, kibitz with. I figured, this was one I needed to face alone. This show is called You Should Be Ashamed of Yourself. And we're addressing questions and critique that I didn't choose to answer at the time from listeners to the show over the last uh, year. You can participate by calling 718-303-9090. If you want to share something that you've been told you should be ashamed of, open up, help me out, get on the air with me. Or you can text a question or comment to 917 428 4062. All right, before I go in a little bit more into the reaction to that show from, I think it was February 11th that we did that show on finding fidelity, navigating traditional and open relationships. That was so controversial. I thought I was going to get kicked off the air. Before we go there, I just wanted to share, uh, some of you have asked over time about the music on the program. And the intro music, uh, Lane 8, is a song that means a lot to me. It's called Keep On, and it's basically about perseverance and keeping on under even the most difficult circumstances. And regular listeners will know that my life is, uh, at least in the last 10, 15, maybe the last 10, 20, it's been a series of difficult circumstances. <laughs> so that show, that, that song means a lot to me. And, uh, when I was just getting on the air, I was trying to figure out uh, what I should use as intro music, and I had actually decided that was one of the songs I wanted to use. A friend had turned me on to Lane 8, uh, which is the, the band that that, uh, that does that song, Keep On. Great band, L-A-N-E, and then the number 8. And I met the uh, one of the primary band members uh, at a place upstate. This is like in the midst of the pandemic, and it was definitely a sign. And I asked him whether he thought it'd be okay if I used the music. Obviously, we're not paying royalties, and <laughs> I shouldn't say that on the air. Uh, and and he said yes that he that he loved the concept. So that's a little bit of story there. And then the music that that I choose each week also does feed into the subject matter. So you know, keep a, a keen eye or keen ear uh, open. That last little bit is one of my favorite songs, in spite of ourselves by John Prine, who's uh, in rest in peace. He actually, I believe, died of a coronavirus infection uh, early on in the pandemic, if I if I if I remember correctly. And and he was kind of a songwriter, songwriter. So those of us who are music buffs uh, love John Prine, and the, particularly the words of that song fit into the topic tonight. So okay, I wanted to read uh, another text that I got the night of the show on finding fidelity, navigating traditional and open relationships. And it said, there is, this is verbatim, there is no place for you in the Jewish world, Dove. You are a shame to you and others. Okay. Uh, I, I shared that text with a couple of um, friends and kind of spiritual advisors and i I found it really interesting and I thought it was important to read tonight because how many of us have heard that? There is no place for you in the Jewish world. Replace the word Jewish with Catholic. Replace the word Catholic 
with your place of business or your industry. Replace the place of business or your industry with a geography. Replace you know, the geography with a fam with the word family. You know, how many times are we told based and this was based not on me attacking this person. I didn't I don't even know who this person was. They did not there was an anonymous text that came through. I did not um, I did not get this in response to uh, hurting their, uh, you know, their their source of income or insulting a family member. I got this comment by talking about a subject that made them uncomfortable. And we we ha- get this type of reaction in life of you should be ashamed of yourself all the time, more rooted in in someone else's. I'm not saying we shouldn't always be, there aren't times when we should be ashamed of, our, of ourselves. Certainly, I think there's a place for that, and I'm sure there's been a place for that in things I've said over the last year on the air, and I'll even address one momentarily. But in this particular case, really, I think this was more rooted in, in, in that person's um, pain and their and their fear of, of address. Or do you agree? Does, I'm happy to be disagreed with here. Call and tell me why I have no place in the Jewish world, and I mean it. I will I will take the call with respect. I will engage with you in a in a in a genuine in a genuine way by addressing issues over this last year about uh, sex in the Bible and um, the problem of David. Do our political leaders need to be moral leaders? The issue of uh, uh, kind of uh, suicidal ideation, how we deal with people that, especially teenagers that are going through depression, all these, you know, porn addiction, some of the issues we've addressed on the air. Tell me why addressing those issues civilly and openly and hearing a person's point of view that I may found, I may find reprehensible even. You know, you'd be surprised what my views are on some of these subjects. I often don't re- reveal them, but I do think there's a place for the discussion. But tell me why that means there's no place for me in the Jewish world. Or if you've had an experience of being told something similar for something you've brought up or a way you've lived your life, share it with me. Share it with me. Send me a text, 917-428-4062. Don't call me on that number. Text me on that number. Uh, or uh, call into the show at 718-303-9090. Okay, so... I just got a note from um, from a, a listener who says that is terrible. Religion should be about inclusion. I agree, but uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we need to talk this stuff through. Okay, so I promised that I'd talk about something I feel like, to some extent, I should be ashamed of. In I think it was the late mid or late fall of 2020, we did a couple of shows on the problem of David. Do our political leaders need to be moral leaders? And this is referring to David in the Old Testament. Uh, the Jewish world would often refer to this individual as Dovid Amelech or David the King, who is a patriarch in the Jewish faith and, and in really all of the Abrahamic faiths. And the two-part series, it became a two-part series because I almost got pulled off the air after the first part. And when I spoke to the head of the network, Zeb Brenner, after the show, he basically said, I'm not putting words in your mouth, Zeb, but the the message was, if you don't do a follow-up, 
on this, we're going to have to take you off the air. That was the kind of the subtext. And so I, we did a, a part two where basically I got schooled on what we brought up in part one uh, with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, who's a respected voice in the Jewish world. And what I got schooled on, so, so it's not mysterious to those who did not listen to that show, uh, was the concept that even critiquing even bringing up the possibility of failability, the possibility of the, being a failable human being when it comes to a patriarch in the Bible is itself heretical, is itself fundamentally threatening. And let me not say it that way because that, that, that comes with an agenda. It, it, it is... It is a, a heretical point of view. And in that sense, would deserve a comment like I got from that listener. There's no place for you in the Jew- Jewish world. Uh, and the fallibility in question here was a discussion about whether David, and those of you who don't know, David in the, in the Old Testament, I think is a difficult figure to fully understand, at least for me. It's a figure that seduces his friend's wife, actually gets his friend as a general in his army, Uriah, uh, killed because um, he wants he wants his wife for his own. Um, he then kind of jerks her around and he, uh, you know, he even, uh, you know, falls before God on his knees later and, and asks for forgiveness. So for me, it didn't seem so controversial to bring up the fallibility of David or the complexity of David. And even though David was a great military leader in the Bible and a political leader, does that mean he also had to be a moral man? It makes me think of that phrase. I think it was from the movie Gladiator. You know, you are not a moral man, referring to the emperor. And does the emperor need to be a moral man? Does David need to be a moral man in all respects, all the time, in all the ways we think he should be in order for him to be a patriarch? And that was a question I put on the table. What I didn't realize is even putting that question on the table was going to cause um, great uh, great uh, uh, anxiety and agony for, for, for folks. And, and so... Uh, we then had Rabbi Simon Jacobson on, who explained that to me, and I didn't know that, and that was a that was a learning process for me. A- after that, we went through a number of shows that were less less controversial, and that was probably as a reaction to some degree because I was nervous about you know stepping in it again. And then the next one that we got to that I thought elicited a, a response that I'd bring up here uh, tonight was the show with a bunch of teenagers. We had a panel of teenagers, and it was right at the beginning of the year, and it was about what it's like in the pandemic. First of all, what it's like in general right now to be a teenager in a world that's so social media dominant, and and more particularly what it was like to be a teenager in this moment uh, during the pandemic and where there's a lot of social isolation. And... After that show, uh, actually during sorry during the show, I got some texts that were disturbing. There was actually a caller that said something similar, but basically trying to shame. I thought these 
these teens into silence. We had we had four guests on from 12 years old, I think, to 19, if I recall correctly. And uh, I'm going to read uh, verbatim one of the comments that we got. And I'm, I'm shortening, but I'm not editing the text. Dove, you are glorifying teen depression by having these... Uh, I think they meant these teens. These teens, I'm adding the word teens, on the show, they don't always need attention. And this was after a couple of these teens opened up quite one very emotionally on the show about their own uh, suicidal thoughts, about their feelings of isolation, about peer pressure. Um, I thought it was tremendously brave. She was sitting in the studio with me. Uh, she was talking about something that was real time in her life. She was talking about it. Um, sincerely, uh, and not, I didn't think at all in a way that was pitiful or, uh, asking for attention, uh, but rather was, I thought, bravely putting forth her story so other people could, f- you know, hear that. Other teens could hear that, that they were not alone in their feelings. And yet, I imagine this was an adult. There was an adult, again, there's an anonymous text, I don't know the person's name anyway, but who under that circumstance was also willing to shame, or, uh, or I shouldn't say willing to shame, it's too charged, um, was saying that they should be basically ashamed, and I should be as well, for quote-unquote glorifying teen depression. So, again, I think good reason for, for us to talk about this stuff, if those are the feelings that are out there. I think we're going to take a caller on line four before our next break. Hello. Is it Stan? Bingo. Happy New Year. I missed you. Hey, always a pleasure. I'd like to make a comment that's somewhat of a criticism, since you're opening up about what's going on, what's been happening in responses. And I mean this with, I think you're a decent human being, a decent guy. But in a lot of these topics that you've been talking about that should be with a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you're out of your league. You're a nice guy. You're a businessman, but you're going into areas I don't think you should be going into. The second part is, yeah, this is a Jewish station, and to a large part. And the woman that called was wondering why the heck were you doing the show. She didn't want to hear psychological babble, this and that, which I know what you were trying to do. You were trying to be a mensch and to help these people and so forth, absolutely. But that's not what most of these people on this station want to hear. Okay, this is for the psychiatrist, the psychologist, in a privacy, not a public forum. And I think you mean well, totally. And I've called all the time, have a lot of respect for you, and I've talked to a lot of these people. I was one who said, if you remember, you know, buckle up, get up, you know, you're, you're depressed. And that was my comment. I don't know if you mentioned that at the time. But I felt the conversations are getting too, you know, in, de- in deep with, people's emotional thinking it's been a number of shows i don't know if you should go there you're a good guy maybe you you mean absolutely well but i think you're going in areas i don't think you should dwell in though it's a free thing and that's up to you you know what i'm saying stan would you be willing to uh, wait till we do this next ad break so i can ask you a couple questions and what absolutely absolutely hold on no problem okay great and the only thing i'll say before we go to the break just so we can separate out the comment is what stan what you're referring to is i remember that on the show with the teenagers right i I did say right i said hey grow up already i said you know it's you know all this 
you know, there's kids that have it worse than you, and this and that, and during this pandemic, and I think, I think maybe they took it the wrong way. Well, so to, what I was actually going to say was complimentary to you, okay. or in that I what you, the comment that I read was I felt first of all it was not you, it was not right. you. You called. No, me. I understand. Um, but it was also different. I think there's a big difference saying to someone's face, "Hey, I'm calling, I'm having a discussion, buckle up." And I actually sure. enjoyed that back and forth because I recall Correct. that they responded and and there was a big agreement and dis- there was both. On, on, Look, on I didn't want to say I didn't want them to feel bad, but you know, it's it's a thing. Hey, guys, you're young. But come on, you know we're in the twenty first. You gotta, you gotta start growing up a little bit, you know. Right, That's my I, major point. I get it, and I just wanted to clarify for the audience that there's a, I think there's a big difference between the comment you made and the text that I got saying that we were glorifying teen depression. Right? Oh no, I didn't say no, absolutely yeah. not. Of so course we're gonna, not. we're gonna take a quick break. And, I'll hold on. I'll hold on. Yeah, please. Thank you. We'll be right back. My pleasure. Equal Footing with Dove Tuzman is sponsored by MDCS Dermatology, your experts in skin care. With two Manhattan locations and four offices in Long Island, including Plainview and Comac, the dermatologists and skin care surgeons at MDCS are proud to be affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital. So schedule your next skin exam in one of MDCS's convenient New York area locations. To make an appointment, go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-DERM. That's 212-661-3376. You can even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376. And don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures. Dimitri, rush up, rush the music there because I want to get back to you, Stan. Uh, I, I appreciate you calling in, and, and I'm going to uh, paraphrase or summarize. You, you said, if I heard you right, really two different things. I want to address them separately. You said number one, uh, in dressing, addressing these issues that really should be with a psychiatrist or a psychotherapist, that I'm out of my league, that I shouldn't be going there. I didn't mean that in a bad way to you. Uh, I. I, I I just didn't think take it it's, not, it's not. A, I don't think you should be discussing it. I mean, anybody can discuss it, but you're getting into more emotional, more in-depth, deep uh, uh, situations of human beings that I think needed to be due on radio. You know. Yeah. No. Okay. So, so that it, it's it isn't something that that I should we shouldn't go there. That I shouldn't go there. And then the other comment, which it was a little bit, I think, slightly different, was about this being a Jewish station. It is. And that there isn't a role. The market that you're reaching are Orthodox Jews, whether you like to think it's not. The, you're, you're, you know, I know you're subleasing space, you're buying time from, uh, Talkline America, and that is Orthodox Jewry who listened to this, that woman who called was an Orthodox Jew. She didn't want to hear that. I wouldn't, I don't mind hearing a response. I, and I, I like uh, to hear all points of view, and you know. But your target, this target market, market here, is not somewhat responsive to, and that's why some of the reactions might have been from the Orthodox. Not all, but a good majority, yeah. 
Let's hit that one first. So sure. uh, I, I wouldn't, I don't like the labels anyway. But even if I were using, I wouldn't consider myself orthodox. I'd consider myself oh, sure, I observant or traditional. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I it's on purpose. I think I'd love to hear. By the way, for it looks like there's a caller calling in. Well, maybe we'll see whether they're orthodox or not. Um, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> we're we're uh, yeah, you're still, getting a response already. Yeah, yeah. If you, Stan, are you already on? I'm you're still out. Yeah, okay. So uh, I think that it's more varied than you that the than you're giving credit for. It is on purpose that we're on this network because I think it's even more important that these issues be addressed. They're often put under the rug in the Orthodox community. I always try to be respectful. Uh, do you think that there is, which topic do you think should not have been covered for the Orthodox world? What, what, what topic that we covered? Well, no, I think a, a good, a good, and, uh, not and, every and topic, sorry, but Stan, a good, just a quick when you get into the emotional aspects Dimitri, of people's work. Sorry, Stan, just a quick time, just telling a radio engineer. Feel free to put on the caller on line five and they can join in in the discussion. So, sorry, Stan. Go, go ahead. You want me to go ahead? Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, look, this. This. Uh, there are different apps. There are different things. It's not just here. It's all over the world. Are hearing this thing. So forth. You're right about that. But uh, the target market is the Orthodox community. Not to say that there are other people listening. And the reaction you got, I believe, was from an Orthodox lady who did not want to hear what you was what that situation was about. What are you doing this? Why? You know. Yeah. She wants to hear more uh, so, things about the religion that, that isn't upsetting to her. Or, or most people would be that way, at least in the Orthodox. But not all, but a good percentage. Yeah. So do you think we should not have talked about navigating broken relationships or suicide? You can do it. With, uh, I don't, I, that's up to you and your producer. I, I'm not here to tell you what to do, what not to do. But obviously, you've gotten the responses back saying this or that and this and that. I'm not, you know, I'm not the one giving the responses. I like to hear your show. I th- I'm open to I'm more liberal than most of the people that call up I on see, this program. I see. And <laughs> so I'm open to any type of uh, conversation. Are, are the topics viable for this particular market? Yes and no. You just have to sh- choose which is correct. Don't be dis- don't be a censor yourself, obviously. But, you know, be a little bit more cautious. That's all I'm saying. It's it's I I hear you better now I I hear what you're saying and I and it, it's interesting you know I, I risk getting pulled off the air every week uh, <laughs> although although we're kind of on the like you said the the talk line network there's no guarantee of being on the network there's it's not it's it's, it's a privilege not a right and right. and we do push the envelope and I appreciate the the network for allowing for some flexibility and part of the purpose of the show is to push the boundaries a little bit in terms of our thinking caller on line five maybe uh are you <laughs> I, i'm curious to hear where, where you're coming from yeah I'm, I'm on um uh yeah this is uh rick from uh austin texas and uh i'm uh how are you dove uh, normally i you know i don't call uh but i've been a listener now for for a long time but today I felt that I should. Uh, uh, I am. I'm glad Stan uh, was was there online. I, I I see. I understand his point of view, uh, but I disagree uh, in in many ways. Uh, first of all, I'm not Jewish, and I and I love the show, and and, and I love the fact that there's a lot of uh, reference to uh, to faith. Uh, a lot of that is Jewish, and it's very constructive. I've, I've learned a lot 
by listening to you and uh, and your and your guests. Yes, from time to time there are controversial shows. Um, they are, you know, they push different buttons on me, just like they did uh, with with some of uh, the other listeners. But in general, uh, I feel that it's been a very constructive show. Uh, sometimes we, we feel we see a lot of vulnerability in your on the people that you uh, interview. Uh, I think for other people that that are in, in recovery, for other people that uh, need to empathy from from what happens uh, you know in the world, that's very constructive and it's very difficult to do. Uh, you yourself, your history, I, I think it's remarkable. You know, I, I, throughout the, the shows, we're able to, like Stan mentioned, we know you're a businessman. Uh, you also know that you had, you know, uh, unfortunate experiences, uh, but you're able to, you know, uh, build upon that and, uh, and, and you'll help others. You personally have, uh, you know, uh, have, have helped me, uh, in, in, in sometimes by, by opening my eyes, by, uh, by going where I would not go alone, and for that I thank you. And I'll, I'll, I don't want to take the whole show, so thank you for Dove, for your show. Rick, I appreciate you. if you could, st- if you don't mind staying on, I really appreciate your, on. your calling in. And I, I, I uh, that's what I'm trying to do. I often feel like a failure at the end of the show that I haven't done it. I, I, You're not a failure. <laughs> You're not a failure. Absolutely not. Or you were absolutely not. Never say that. No. You're not a failure. You're bringing up topics that may be controversial. A lot of people do not want to hear them. I basically agree with Rick. He's gained knowledge and uh, inner understanding of many of your topics. But a lot of people don't want. Let's be a lot of people don't want to hear it. You're going to have that in any any situation. But please, yeah, I don't know, do don't I, that. I'm, I'm sorry to to intervene again, but Stan, that's America. That's what we're all about. Oh yeah, I know that. It's sure. Just, it's this open discussion. We, oh, we absolutely. Be happy no, no. that we can have this discussion. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm, uh, I agree with you, Rick, 1,000%. But there, uh, there is a percentage of people who will, I uh, have to say, complain to the station, why is he doing this, right. or not do that. I'm not the one going to complain. I think I listen to him every week, and I, like, I may not like the topic, but I always call up. No, I think uh, absolutely. This is a free uh, radio is the... Greatest thing, it's the language of the mind, and it's the language of, of the first great communication, and it's necessary, and I think he does it very well. Can I ask you guys both uh, uh, questions? I, I, don't, I don't mean it uh, with any subtext, just straight out. What do you think for a traditional community? And you brought up the Orthodox Jewish community, and I love that community. Again, I feel to some extent, part of that community in my daily life, just for those listeners who who might not be aware of that. That being said, I think like many traditional communities, there are issues like you've just brought up, Stan, that, that, that folks are very uncomfortable with being addressed so openly. So, but it doesn't have to be the Jewish community. I mean, Rick, I'm sure you're exposed. If you don't mind me asking, of what faith are you? I'm Catholic. I'm a... Okay, so I'm sure that there's also an equivalent, very traditional, uh, you know, sector um, or cohort within the Catholic world. So in those in those very traditional cohorts, what do you think? Where should the line be? Drawn, and I don't mean. I, I get the previous point, which is totally valid. Hey, this is this. We're on a faith-based network. We're on a. Uh, there's a lot of Jewish listenership, sh- listenership, and so we need to be sensitive to that. But I'm putting aside that question. I'm asking a more abs- more higher level abstract question. 
you called it like psycho, yeah, psycho babble and and intense emotional subjects and so forth. Should those is, is should those is it okay for a traditional community to to just not address things like uh, different sexual orientations or uh, suicidal tendencies and depression uh, or broken relationships between parents and children? Are those are is it like literally healthier? Because to, to, I've come with the premise of the show that it's actually healthier to address them, and I wanted to be on this network in particular to address it with this community, of which I feel like I'm at least in part a member of. Um, but if, is what I'm hearing, at least from you, Stan, or maybe, Rick, you may, maybe that there are things that are well, you know, inappropriate you know, look, we, for we a traditional community. You know, we can't hide from these things. You know, I think that religion, be it Catholic, Jewish, or others, I mean, we have to address because that's part of our world. You know, you, you know, there's something you said uh, that made me also made me call you is that somebody said, well, you know, you don't belong. There is no space. Listen, this is the this is absurd. Religion, all religions need to be inclusive. You know, God, be it whatever, you know, quote unquote flavor it is. God is, is inclusive. God, God wants everyone. God's about be doing doing something good, make people, you know, be well be balanced, and so on, and, and if there is a world, there's so many, you know, uh, so many things I heard in your show that I didn't even know existed, you know, the, the, the level of, of emotion, the level of tension, the, the level of help, you know, and those, those, those programs that you, that you brought in, experts in suicide, and all, I didn't even know, you know, I learned a lot in those programs, and that's part of my world, and I didn't know it was there, Right. So, so uh, I think this is a one-hour program that you can't possibly go deep in anything. But this is probably has been a start for many people to say, "Look, I should be interested in this. I need to develop this because it's you know, either I need to help someone or I need to get help. Either I need to understand someone or I found a way for, to explain myself, and that's super important, you know." I, I appreciate that. That's definitely w- what I'm trying to achieve. But it may be maybe the wrong chamber to be in. It may be the wrong you know audience. Uh, Stan, do you do you agree? Do you think that I think he would, he made some very solid points. Absolutely, Rick made some very solid points. The question is, and number one, you pay for this time. You put up money and you buy that sixty minutes worth of time. Well, the the advertisers do, but yeah. Well, uh, whatever. But it's still up to a point. Okay, your advertisers could walk tomorrow. I'm not saying they will. They probably won't. But advertisers, come <laughs> the advertisers and go. love but, it when it's controversial. It's the weird of course, dynamic of paid, of paid radio. Of yeah. course, but the point I'm saying is, uh, it comes a time when you want to know how many people are listening to you or how many people are not listening to you anymore. And if your numbers go down, then you have to rethink certain, calibrate certain things and topics that you have to do. I'm saying, do not censor anything. But remember that you're on the air. I don't have to tell you. You know, you're on the air. You're hitting a mass audience now more than ever, not just the orthodoxy. It's true. Rick's in the great state. What, what part of Texas are you from, Rick? I'm in Austin, Texas. Great town. I love Dallas more than Austin, with all respect. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, it, it, we, this show hits worldwide. Not just it's on apps, it's on this, it's on that platform. It's true. It's not just orthodox. But the reactions you get from the local area primarily make the show to a large extent so you have to be not careful 
but be somewhat sensitive to some of the topics that you do. That's all. You do a great show. I say it, and I, you know, and I call all the time. You do a good show. I, I appreciate that, Stan. I appreciate both you and Rick calling in and, and being a part of the discussion. I think that it really is eye-opening as well for me to hear this because the perp, there's a purpose between, around being in that or on a, on a Jewish Orthodox Jewish network, and part of it is actually beyond the community because there are so many. Uh, prejudices and 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 hackneyed views about our community about the observant jewish community that actually thought that by addressing some of these issues and sometimes that involves blowback but it, at least it shows an openness that often people think don't ex- doesn't exist in the community and i actually think there's more openness in the community and this may be surprising for people to hear as i've just sounded like said the opposite but i i do think there's more openness in the community to addressing these issues than is thought than is often stylized uh for every oh, we'll call her barber for everyone barber that's calling in saying you know you're you're the, you should be off the radio you have no no place here uh, <laughs> learn your hashkafa and so forth you know and, and there there are i think other people that don't necessarily call in and some of them do i just chose on this show to talk about the critique to, to, to talk about more the negative reaction but we also get a lot of uh, affirmation as well. I think that for every barber, there are a number of people, to to your point, Rick, that that feel like, hey, you know, that that's something I'm dealing with in my life, and uh, and and address that. Certainly, I tell you, in one show that comes to mind, there's two that come to mind, particularly around that. The one around preventing teen, teen suicide. There were a lot of parents and some teens, but a lot of parents that uh, that 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 wrote in and expressed. Um, gratitude for the fact that the issue is on the table and they were talking about some of the resources that are out there. Uh, and there was another one on, which is, you know what are, are actually the most listened to show has been, uh, is surprising to me across the, uh, the last year has been the alchemy of heartbreak. Because I think that's something that yeah, I remember that show. I remember I, I called on that. You one. did, and we and we I've talked. Had heartbreak, yes. <laughs> we've all because everyone's had it, and we talked about it through a, the kind of faith-based prism. But you, it doesn't matter what community you're in; you've you've experienced heartbreak. Yeah, that, that was a, an amazing show. Uh, that was an amazing show. I, I remember well. So I I, uh, I really appreciate you guys both participating. I, t- I made a judgment call to to uh, probably now get get this ad. This supporter will will, uh, will pull pull their support because I didn't run their ad this <laughs> this week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thank thank you to 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 you both. Um, and Stan, I, I you know I've I've joked about this before, but I'm gonna say it on the air so it's for you know on the record. Uh, I'd I'd love to have you in and and on the show because you you, have, you always have. Okay, I'll do it if Rick does it. How's that? Hey, I like that idea. He can do it from Texas. I'll do and it. We'll have to we'll have to we'll have to pick some psychobabble that's okay. uh, that'll be out of our league to discuss. <laughs> Rick, it's nice talking to you. Great to hear from you, sir. All right. Thanks, thanks yeah, to both. Same here. All right, that was that was that was nice to uh, to get a little. A little feedback, and like it, like I said earlier, and and addressed there in the the dialogue with Rick and Stan, you know, we chose to discuss the uh, the negative feedback on this show, and I'm going to end here by circling back to where we were at the beginning, um, the Benet Brown uh, quote around around shame and the fact that if you share your experience. Um, shame cannot survive. If we can share a story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame cannot survive. Share your story. Talk to you next week. I got a